It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of Vice. It's Monday, February 4th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today, we're talking about the weed industry, how workers are starting to unionize, and what that means. As an increasing number of states legalize medical and recreational marijuana, the potential for unionization in the industry is growing. Not only could this usher in a sea of change for how the cannabis industry does business, but experts also say it could help bolster the strength of the labor movement as a whole. So today, I sat down with writer Haley Fox to learn more. As more and more states are moving to legalize marijuana, it's starting to bring up some important questions about what labor practices in the industry do look like and will look like in the future. So to start off, what have working conditions been like in the weed industry up until now? So they varied wildly from location to location. I mean, in large part because there have been no real industry standards or regulations. A lot of the major issues that have been reported over the years start on a lot of the cultivation sites. So on the farms, people are mistreated or work long hours under dangerous conditions. Um, A lot of these pop up in manufacturing locations and even dispensaries as well. Women in particular have been at risk in the industry in large part just because of sexual harassment or assault or things that could take place in any workplace. But because it was an illegal or at best gray industry, when these type of issues came up, they didn't have anyone to report them to. It's not like, you know, you have an HR department or you can go to the police. So people were kind of stuck in difficult conditions without any real avenue of addressing them. They also reported not being paid in full. So either not being paid for all their hours, or especially at dispensaries where a lot of them, a lot of the bud tenders income comes from tips. In some circumstances, owners at these dispensaries would keep the tips for themselves or for their business. And then really just being overworked, you know, working 10, 11, 12, 14 hour days and, you know, seven days a week with no overtime pay, no real time off. You know, people often refer to it as the Wild West era of the industry. And it really does kind of live up to that name for quite a few reasons, including a lot of these working conditions. Yeah, it seems like some of the working conditions you're describing will sort of inherently change with legalization. So what are some of the changes you see that will happen with legalization? And what are some of the changes you think will require unionization in order to address 
some of these things that have gone on in the industry for a while will be forced to change with legalization. For instance, there will be more oversight of wages and kind of hours worked. There is actual limits depending on where you are on, um, let's say, a dispensary's hours of operation. A lot of these things will over time become a little more industry standard or job place standard. There are things, though, like the kind of sexual harassment aspect or even just kind of treatment of women in the industry that will hopefully change as well, but may have less less of a direct impact from legalization. So where the union comes in with some of those things, um, the bigger picture stuff is really, as I understand it, providing another level of protection and kind of another outlet. So if issues do arise related to um, actually any sort of discrimination, whether you're a person of color, LGBTQ or female or whatever, um, the union will be involved in ensuring that you have equal rights. So I think it's kind of a two-headed approach to improving the industry. And, you know, for example, the union has also talked about how they've established a health insurance fund. So that's something that, you know, I don't even think was on the radar of most cannabis workers before. And now is something the union's really working for so that these employees can really build a sustainable career from the industry instead of what before could be very touch and go or piecemeal in terms of um, income and building a really steady life in it. Yeah. So what what was the first union to kind of start organizing within this industry? One of the unions that's been kind of involved in this for a while and leading the charge on everything is the United Food and Commercial Workers, often known as UFCW. You know, they have a national, I believe maybe even international presence um, with a ton of local operations. And they've been involved since before recreational was legalized in California and are involved in other states like New York, where recreational is not even on the table yet. It's definitely headed in that direction. But so they kind of got a jump start by working with a select number of medical dispensaries, in particular, to kind of get the union ball rolling. In California, in particular, since recreational was legalized at the start of 2018, UFCW has really upped their efforts now that there's a much bigger market and it's legalized and we're looking at multiple phases of the supply chain. So, you know, I've talked a lot about the dispensaries, but there's also potential to unionize from the growers to the manufacturers. Some have even brought up the transportation element, and all of these have a potential to be unionized. Whether that ends up being from the UFCW or other labor organizations like the Teamsters, who have also kind of just barely dipped their toe in the water of all this still kind of remains to be seen. But it's definitely legalization and the spread of it is definitely something that multiple labor organizations are paying attention to. Yeah, it seems like this could kind of be a big deal for the labor movement itself, like strengthening it because it's a particularly rough climate for union organizing. And it seems like this industry could kind of have a big impact in terms of how people see and 
pay attention to organizing in this way. How do you see unionizing within the weed industry having a broader effect on the labor movement? So this was kind of the big question behind this story and why I think it's really interesting outside of the cannabis industry is that, like you said, you know, the labor movement has been something that's been waning for decades now. And in fact, you know, a lot of young people don't even know what a labor union is. A bud tender I spoke to for the story, he himself got hired at a union shop. And when he first heard those words, he had no idea what that was or what it meant. So a lot of the union leaders have high hopes for what this could mean for their overall strength. Um, A professor of labor history who I talked to for the story said that there is this kind of concept that basically success in one industry will breed success overall. So as the cannabis industry becomes increasingly unionized and there's more people represented and it gets a louder voice, this could then inspire other sectors who maybe haven't unionized yet or those that are beginning to but need to pick up a little steam to kind of follow suit. And, you know, I think it should be noted that while obviously a lot of the cannabis workers and union um Union reps and organizers have been very gung-ho about this whole thing and optimistic. The professor I spoke with, you know, did say that it'll be interesting to watch how employers react because just because unions can even get a foot in the door at cannabis dispensaries and other businesses doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to face resistance from the employers, because that's a whole nother part of the process. So, um, and especially as the cannabis industry becomes more corporate dominated and just backed by a lot of wealthy venture capitalists and kind of the face of it begins to change from the mom and pop operation to what it's becoming now. There's a lot unknown about how the employee-employer relationship will also change, which will ultimately determine how successful the union movement is in cannabis and beyond. Right. Yeah. Something else you talked about in your piece that I thought was a great point is we're kind of seeing this growing gig economy that is pretty unstable. A lot of people are freelancing or, you know, people driving Ubers and kind of the instability or precarity of those jobs and the potential here for the weed industry if it was unionized successfully to kind of look different from a lot of the other up-and-coming industries and be actually more stable and provide benefits and, you know, full-time work for the workers in that industry. Can you talk a little bit about that? So that's kind of the big picture goal of the union, right, is that not only do we want to make it safer and better and just more regulated um, for workers within the industry, but we want to create an environment that's going to allow them to build a career for life, you know, if if they choose, which is why, you know, the, the UFCW, for instance, who I spoke with primarily for the story, also represents a range of other workers. So meat packers, chemical workers, grocery store clerks. So they have experience working in quote unquote more traditional industries. But the commonalities across the board is 
creating a system in which if you work hard and do your job, you will get X amount of scheduled pay raises, you'll be entitled to X amount of days off. Like I mentioned earlier, even the possibility of health insurance that's paid for by your employer. A lot of you know people who work, especially as bud tenders, are young, and I've learned that quite a few of them, you know, also intend to finish college and go to school or have a family and have a life outside. So being able to work somewhere that's respectful of those schedules and allows you to have time off when needed really kind of lays the groundwork for people to build a life in the industry as opposed to kind of dipping and dabbing from it. Um, the One of the bud tenders I spoke with for my story, Victoria, is just is 22 and she is in college. So she schedules her work days around her classes and ha- actually has plans um, to transfer to a four-year school and basically go into farming full-time. So she's really utilizing the steady wages and more predictable schedule to kind of make the most of all aspects of how she's building her career. You talked about how unionization may change the way that the weed industry does business. And I just want to know, what are some of the ways you see that happening, broadly speaking? One aspect, um, which a lot of the union organizers brought up, The union shops create potential for customers to speak with their money. So what I mean by that is the industry has the potential to change because if consumers start paying attention to and caring about which shops are unionized and spending their money there, they could very well help shape the course of business and determine which businesses end up being successful and which don't. It's also going to usher in just a whole nother level of industry standards and employment standards. So for example, the UFCW said they have focused a lot of their initial efforts on unionizing larger companies and larger shops, not only because this impacts the widest swath of employees, but because as kind of powerhouse businesses adopt these practices, then it's theoretically, they hope more likely that smaller shops will follow suit. And over time, it will become less and less acceptable to not pay your workers fair wages or work them well over the limit and not pay overtime and not offer health care. So basically, yeah, it has the potential to kind of change the entire face of the industry and what cannabis workers expect from their jobs. You can read the full story at vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening and tune in again on Wednesday for another Vice Guide to Right Now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.